There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. About 20 minutes left in the early kickoff in the Premier League, ahead of six games kicking off uh, at 6 pm. Danny Norton's watching Everton against West Ham. Yes, and we are 73 minutes into the game here, and it has been all Everton all the way through this game. The one disappointment for them is that it remains just Everton 1, West Ham United 0. They've had chances uh, to increase that, lead, uh, that lead that was given to them by Bernard, who has fed the ball on the right hand side. A lovely disguised pass to him by Theo Walcott. This is in the first half, and then uh, Bernard twisted and turned all his way through towards the byline looked like he was going to take the ball out of play but no he just slipped the ball underneath the hammer's keeper Roberto Jimenez from an extremely tight angle it was a goal that Lionel Messi would be proud of uh, since then Theo Walcott who's been lively all throughout this game just about five minutes ago absolutely thumped the inside of the crossbar with an attempt from the edge of the area there was a free kick on the left hand side played into the box it was cleared by the hammer's defence but fell to Theo Walcott and around about 30 yards out uh, just the right-hand side of the penalty area. He let the ball bounce, just one touch with his knee, and then half-volleyed it, and it looked like it was screaming into the top corner, but just like I say, clipped the underside of the bar and bounced on the wrong side of the line from an Everton perspective before being cleared. Uh, so West Ham still within a chance here of claiming something at Goodison Park, but they've not looked likely. Every single time I'm looking up at the screen here, watching the action, it is all in the West Ham, in and around the West Ham penalty area here. But, like I say, with 15 minutes remaining it remains Everton 1 West Ham United 0 go on the Amers just a cheat one at the end uh, that's all we need uh, right that's what's going on in the early in the Premier League uh, we've got full time over in Spain right we certainly do yes and Barcelona have eased a 3-0 victory over at Tiny Ibar in front of an attendance of just over 7,000 uh, there in uh, over in Spain at Ibar uh, the goal scorers uh, Antoine Griezmann Lionel Messi and Luis Suarez Griezmann coming into the lineup in place of the suspended Ousmane uh, Dembele there and he fired them into the lead in the 13th minute uh, putting it low past the goalkeeper Marco Dimitrovic in uh, the I-bar goal. Suarez then had an effort ruled out for offside after the break before Messi slotted in the second after wonderful build-up play by the Spanish champions. Messi then turned provider when really he could have taken the chance on himself. He was through with all the space, all the time in the world with just the keeper to beat but he did have Luis Suarez alongside him and decided to just feed the ball to Suarez who tapped into an empty net for the third goal there. So that takes uh, Barcelona back to the summit of La Liga temporarily at least they are now on 19 points from 9 games played but Real Madrid will have the chance to uh, to once again reclaim the summit when they play on later on this weekend so Barcelona 3 I bar nil. Yeah three games to look forward to in La Liga the Spanish La Liga this evening if you want to watch it come on down here to Barastia all these games uh, have been staggered so you can watch these as well Atletico Madrid take on Valencia that one's off at 6 o'clock. Catafe take on Leganes at 8.30 this evening Evening. And then at 11 o'clock tonight, as Danny was mentioning there, Real Madrid in action. They're taking on Mallorca. They are away at Mallorca, though. So those are your games in La Liga. Championship, still goals there. There certainly is. Yeah, it's now Blackburn Rovers 2, Huddersfield Town to Huddersfield took the lead earlier on uh, through a penalty scored by Grant uh, Lewis Holtby then equalised for the host at Ewood Park uh, just five minutes later on the 20th minute before turning provider 13 minutes later for Dak to put uh, Rovers in the lead however just a matter of moments ago Janinho Bakunana uh, a left-footed left shot from the centre of the box uh, have uh, levelled matters for Huddersfield Town and um, yeah so Huddersfield Town uh, levelling matters with about 10 minutes to go there and it is Blackburn Rovers 2 Huddersfield Town 2 was it a goal? Was it not a goal? Remains to be seen. The ball's in the back of the net. Let's find out. Danny Norton. No, Yerimina rising the highest from a corner for Everton. And he met the ball high up in, a, in the West Ham six-yard box. But it's been disallowed. I think it looked like he was climbing on the back of one of the West Ham defenders there. Uh, so the referee has waved it off. So it remains Everton 1, West Ham United 0. That's what it remains there. Uh, there are no shortage of games to look forward to in the Championship. Once the Blackburn-Huddersfield game concludes, they're all off at 6 p.m. 
this evening. Let's run through them. Barnsley against Swansea, Brentford against Millwall, Charlton against Derby, Hull against QPR, Leeds against Birmingham, Luton against Bristol, Middlesbrough at home to West Brom, Reading entertain Preston and Stoke have got Fulham down at theirs a little later. There's also action over in uh, Germany. That gets underway in about uh, 25 minutes time. The first of the games in the Bundesliga. There's games underway or a game underway uh, over in Serie A and it features one of the big guns as well. Lazio at home mm -hmm. to Atalanta. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you mentioned obviously, I'm presuming that you're alluding to Lazio there when you talk about the big guns, but it's Atalanta who you would have to say are favourites for this game because they go into the game third in the table over in Serie A just there. Uh, a couple of points adrift of the um, the champions, the reigning champions, Juventus. Three points off they are, Atalanta, after winning five of their opening seven games. Lazio five points back in sixth position after failing to find any consistency so far this year. Basically, a wins being followed by a loss, being followed by a draw, being followed by a win. So Lazio being same old Lazio there. We're five minutes into that game at the Stadio Olimpico over in the Italian capital and it remains goalless so far. Uh, it is three games to look forward to over in Italy. Uh, Lazio against Atalanta are underway now. Napoli take on Hellas Verona at 8pm this evening. And then Juventus in action, the reigning champions, against Bologna at 11.45 this evening. There's also action uh, over in France from 7.30 this evening. Lyon against Dijon is the early kickoff, uh, And then at 10 o'clock, Angers against Brest. Metz against Nantes. Nîmes against Amiens. And Reims against Montpellier, plus Toulouse against Lille. And we mentioned the German Bundesliga. Uh, you get half an hour of that from us from half past five. Uh, Union Berlin taking on Freiburg. Augsburg at home to Bayern Munich. Dusseldorf at home to Mainz. Leipzig are at home to Wolfsburg. Werder Bremen taking on Hertha Berlin. And then there's the two Borussias a little later on at 8.30 this evening. Uh, Borussia Dortmund taking on Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, a little later in proceedings so no shortage of football to get our club football that mm -hmm. is to get our teeth into after what has been a sort of extended um, international break for a number yeah absolutely I mean I'm just I think I'm just going to echo the thoughts of many football fans out there and say that I'm just delighted to have uh, club football back obviously the first few weeks, the first couple of months of the domestic season, they feel so kind of broken up a little bit by the breaks that we do have. So finally, it's good to have the international football done and dusted for a few months at least and to be back to uh, the domestic game there. And like you say, quite a few games to look forward to all around Europe. Obviously got the action on at this moment in time. I think it's a cracking lineup of Premier League games today, especially looking forward to Crystal Palace against Manchester City later on this evening. Half eight kickoff that one. Crystal Palace obviously flying high in the Premier League so far this season. Man City in second position, but eight points adrift of league leaders Liverpool. So maybe looking a little bit a little bit maybe vulnerable should we say as vulnerable as uh, a side that's won you know what you know 101 points uh, 100 points one season and then 98 points uh, the next season can look but still question marks there so I think Palace will maybe fancy their chances of getting something off the Premier League champions and the pressure is on Pep Guardiola's men not to fall further adrift of Jurgen Klopp's Reds. Uh, we will look ahead to the Premier League action in just a few moments time we'll be hearing from a number of the respective managers and give you team news on all of the six kickoffs and of course look ahead to the late kickoff and more action over the weekend just want to break away if we can to talk boxing for a moment couple of storylines coming out of the world of boxing Russia's Arta Batebiev uh, has unified the light heavyweight division with a 10th round stoppage of Alexander uh, Gvodziak in Philadelphia overnight however the world of boxing uh, in mourning throughout the course of the week after the uh, sad passing of the American boxer Patrick Day who died at the age of 27, four days after sustaining a brain injury in a fight against Charles Conwell. And again, and Danny Norton, uh, the naysayers, the doubters out there giving, being given more ammunition after another tragic week for boxing. Yeah, it's a horrible story, this isn't it? 27 years old, like you say, Patrick Day. And you know, just far too far too young to be losing his life here, suffering a brain injury in that fight, like you mentioned, against Charles Conwell. He was put into a coma on Saturday after being knocked out in the 10th round of this super welterweight bout over in uh, Chicago. And obviously the boxing world kind of coming together in, uh, in, to pay their respects to him. I know that Eddie Hearn, um, the boxing promoter, you know, broke down in tears, paying tribute to the American fighter, saying that boxing must unite to make the sport safer. And a lot of people have been talking about the kind of brain scans that are done and a lot of people saying they're not done often enough 
you know, as in basically it's one a year, but that doesn't take into consideration when the fighters' fights are, are taking place. And, you know, basically, why aren't they taking place, you know, more often? Why aren't we having more scans there? It's such a, it's such a heartbreaking kind of story. It really is, you know, and... Uh, it's just something that you don't even want to report on. Obviously, thoughts and kind of feelings go out to, uh, to, to Patrick Day's family and friends over in Chicago, over in the US. And like I say, what more can be done? Because more needs to be done, of course, to look after the safety of anyone who steps into the ring. Uh, that's what's been happening in the world of boxing. As I said, we've still got plenty to get through right here on the show. Gallagher Premiership action returning uh, and uh, Premier League action as well to talk about. There is an early in the Premier League. Um, cricket ongoing here in the UAE as well. The T20 qualifiers. It's been an extraordinary year of cricket. Um, I want to break away if we can for a moment. One man who um, will be looking forward to the season of franchise cricket just around the corner, either here in uh, the UAE with the T20 tournament or of course with the uh, IPL just around the corner the uh, 100 as well that he signed up to is a man who's kept himself busy over the course of the year be it at the IPL towards the beginning of the year be it in that extraordinary World Cup final against England I'm referencing the uh, New Zealand captain Kane Williamson who is one of the standout uh, cricketers in all formats of the game the world over he sat down with the ICC to talk about what has been an extraordinary 2019 Welcome to Lord. World Cup final. Believe me, there is nothing bigger or better. We've got this. Two to win. Gattel's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. It's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Agony, agony for New Zealand. New Zealand might have lost the game, but cricket has definitely been the winner here this evening. It hasn't been a month, has it? Feels like yesterday. ICC World Cup Champions 2019 for the first time. England! One of those things that I guess every day, how often you're having sort of small conversations about it, guys are still uh, thinking uh, about it and trying to make sense of it and talking about all different parts of the game and I guess that's sort of uh, a credit to the, the match that we were involved in but also um, I suppose the result and, and how it all ended up and just the nature of, of the beast I suppose but um, one of those things that I guess guys will be talking about for a long time and supporters as well. Is this it? Is this it? It's one of those games, I guess, where no doubt you'll look back on and, and really have appreciated being involved in it. Conversations are still about the finer parts of that match and um, how things perhaps could have looked so different uh, on a number of occasions, but no doubt in time we're all very fortunate to have been involved in you know, such a, a fantastic game of cricket but then you throw in a bit of context like perhaps the World Cup final and it maybe makes it all that more special. It was really nice coming back home and, and seeing the reaction that it had back home and the following that it had as well. It's been overwhelmingly positive in terms of the, the response and how people enjoyed that match which is you know, a great thing. I would be most proud of would be the way we stuck together as a side and, and sort of stayed true to the sort of cricket that we wanted to play throughout the campaign and you know, I guess throughout such a long period of time you're always going to have little ups and downs but um, and things that go your way and, and things that you can't control and some things that go your way and everything and amongst that. And the way the guys kept going out looking to adapt to the conditions that were quite different to what I think everybody was expecting in England and still keep putting out those really competitive performances against every opposition that we came up against to give ourselves opportunities to win and in high-pressured situations I think would be the, the most proud thing uh, from a, a cricketing point of view but also we had a huge amount of fun along the way and 
or a long tournament, it's really important that you are able to do that and spend some time away from the game and that the guys were brilliant. There were a lot of uh, friends and family around enjoying the experience, so there are a lot of uh, positive parts to it. The bowling attack was superb throughout the whole tournament and the way they adapted to conditions um, was, was excellent and also progressed throughout uh, what was quite a long campaign. But I also think um, there were some really good parts in our batting and you know people go into a, a World Cup or any sort of cricket in England and uh, expect really high scores and, and batsmen to perhaps flourish but it, it wasn't the case and they were much more suited to, to bowlers and that mid-200 score was really competitive which we were able to achieve on a consistent basis. We've got a, a great bunch of guys in the side that uh, keep each other honest and we know that we want to be true to ourselves in terms of the way we conduct ourselves on and off the park and the, the sort of cricket that we play and it's equally important I think that the quality of the performance and also um, your behaviours around that so that is important to, to all of us as a team. It's not so much about trying to achieve those things and have nice things said, it's just trying to be us um, and commit to that through the, the ups and downs. And you know, it's great that if it is having a, a positive impact on people that are watching and, and um, that, that's a, a nice thing to hear, but um, the focus still remains similar for us and it is just trying to do the things the way that we would like to do them. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Indeed, we come back with news of a goal from the Premier League, Danny. Yes, and it is Everton 2, West Ham United 0. Gilfie Sigurdsson has come off the bench to seal victory for Marco Silva's Toffees. It's an absolutely sublime finish from the edge of the area. The ball falls to him, he faints with his left foot, drags it back onto his right, and it is a curling effort right into the top left-hand corner of the West Ham goal. This second goal has been coming for Everton. They've missed so many chances, they've had goals disallowed. It looked like they weren't going to add to Bernard's earlier strike but Gilby Sigerson has come off the bench to secure the three points a much needed three points to ease the pressure on Marco Silva and give Everton their first win in five Premier League games not ideal <laughs> OK let's go over to the, <laughs> the West Ham six o'clock kickoffs uh, in the Premier League uh, as we try and remain as neutral as possible uh, Brighton have not won away in the Premier League since its opening day of the season Villa have drawn their last two home games in the league how will they fare let's get some team news for you yeah it's interesting on this one uh, so yeah looking forward to this one both clubs coming into the back of it on the back of big wins and it's one year as well uh, one year ago since Dean Smith took over at Villa Park and uh, Villa should be fully confident following the slaughter that they visited upon Norwich City at Carrow Road before the international break. Brighton never won at Villa Park actually but quite fancy their chances of breaking that duck at the 12th time of asking because uh, they obviously went into that international break on the back of that 3-0 victory of Tottenham Hotspur that kind of looked like a bit of a light bulb moment that went off in that team as well uh, that the players are starting to uh, get used to Graham Potter's ideas there but the team use like I say Aston Villa unchanged from that side that won 5-1 at Norwich. Wesley who got twice in that win will be keen to keep up his fine recent form so Heaton in goal Gilbert and Target the full back side the side of Engels and Mings McKinn uh, Nakamba and Hurain as the central midfield three with Al Ghazi and Grealish either side of Wesley for Brighton they make one change from that 3-0 win over Spurs with uh, Davy Proper replacing Stephen Aletz in the midfielder uh, so the 11 for Brighton Ryan in goal Montoya right back Byrne left back Webster and Dunk the centre backs Grove on the right hand side with Moy on the left wing, Stevens and Proper in centre mid, with Connolly and Mupai up front for Brighton. Uh, Bournemouth take on Norwich this afternoon as well. Um, how do they line up? Let's get some more details. Danny Norton's having a look at the teams. OK, well, I mean, um, Norwich City certainly looking to get into a bit of form uh, after, beating Nor after beating Man City in that famous win a few weeks ago. They've lost to Burnley, Palace and Villa since then. Bournemouth, meanwhile, suffered that brave loss to Arsenal 1-0 last time out, but that followed wins over Everton and Southampton. So the Cherries in good nick at the moment. And boss Eddie Howe's named uh, three changes to the side that 
that was beaten at the Emirates Stadium. Adam Smith, Lewis Cook and Ryan Frazier all come in. Uh, for Smith, he returns from a hamstring injury. It's his first outing in seven weeks. Frazier and Callum Wilson both make their 100th Premier League appearance for the club. So Ramsdale starts in goal for the Cherries. Smith at right back, Rico at left back with Cook and Ake at the centre-half pairing. You've got Harry Wilson, the unknown Liverpool star, starting on the right wing. Uh, Cook and Billing in the centre and Ryan Frazier over on the left with Solanke and Wilson up top. Uh, for the Canaries, uh, Daniel Fart makes two changes to that side that were thumped 5-1 by Villa two weeks ago. Tim Krull and Alex Tate return. So it's Krulling goal, Aarons and Lewis as the full-backs with Amadou and Godfrey as the centre-back pairing. Tati and McLean just in front of them with Buendia, Lettner and Cantwell, the three behind Puki up top. Full-time, uh, Dan at Goodison, where Everton have moved up to 12th position in the league after their two-goal victory, uh, which will, as you say, Dan, alleviate some of that uh, pressure on their manager. Absolutely, much-needed win there, like I said before. And, you know, Many of my uh, Blue Nose friends and Blue Nose family members uh, certainly not being too happy with the start that Everton have made to, to this season. It was a season in which they had so much optimism coming into it, and rightfully so, you would have thought, considering the kind of signings they made, over the summer, considering the fact that you know Marco Silva's had more time, a full pre-season to, to bed in his ideas, but hasn't quite clicked until today. It was a very impressive performance from the Toffees. Um, Alex Awobi, Theo Walcott and Bernard in particular, all impressed. And it could have been more than the 2-0 victory uh, would suggest, certainly. And a disappointing turnout from your boys, the Hammers. Manuel and Pellegrini's men never really got going, never really threatened until later on in the game when they kind of, in desperation, finally decided to put some pressure on their host at Goodison Park so a very well deserved 2-0 win for Everton. Let's turn attention to team news that's been coming through to us. Uh, we're what 35 minutes away from the kickoffs uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, let's go to Chelsea Newcastle. Looking forward to this one. A lot yeah. of question marks over both these two teams. Yeah, although well, Blues have won their, their last four outings in all competitions, so in a bit of form at the moment. Newcastle uh, reacting. Not been good at home though, have they? Uh, they haven't. They've kind of struggled at home, but certainly, I mean, Newcastle. They haven't been too good away either. Obviously, their last outing on the road was that 5-1 defeat at Leicester. Although they did beat Manchester United last time out, though, so maybe a bit of confidence. Uh, from that I think we know how this game is going to pan out really in the fact that Newcastle are going to sit deep and fight Chelsea onto them and hope to nick a goal on the break whereas Chelsea are going to look to uh, pick holes in that tune back line Chelsea meanwhile have made only one change to that starting lineup from their 4-1 win over Southampton last time out and Golo Conte he is out with a groin injury that he suffered while on international duty with France so Ross Barkley comes into the side uh, so it's Kepa in goal Asper Coetta at right back Marcus Alonso left back, Zuma and Tamori the centre back pairing. Barkley and Jorginho are sat in front of that back line with William Mount and Hudson Adoy in behind Tammy Abraham. For Newcastle, their starting 11 is unchanged from that win over Manchester United last time out. So you've got Dubravka in goal. It's a back three of Shaw, Lascelles, and Clark with Yedlin and Willems either side of then Almiron, Longstaff, and Longstaff, uh, the, the two brothers starting at centre midfield there with Saint Maximum on the uh, left hand side with Jolinton up top for Newcastle. I think that kind of lineup, I suppose, just kind of emphasises what I've just been saying. Newcastle will look to sit deep and keep it tight at the back and look to uh, grab a goal on the counter. Uh, Leicester have dropped just two points in four matches at home this season. Burnley yet to win away, but have only lost one of four games on their travels. Um, I suppose one of the big questions ahead of team news here is uh, the uh, starting uh, the, 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 the case of James Madison. Madison, such a great talent, uh, such, so much expected of him, had to withdraw from England duty earlier on this week through illness. Has he shrugged off that illness? He Danny. certainly is. He comes into the side here and he's been obviously much to talk about throughout this yeah. week and it's led to his manager Brendan Rodgers launching an impassioned defence of the midfielder over what he claims are false stories about the Englishman. It was a difficult period for him, there's no doubt um, because obviously what was portrayed in, a, in an article in the, in the press was, wasn't quite how it was um, which is not a big surprise. Uh, the kid went away, he, he obviously scored against Liverpool, he was going away with the international team. Uh, he took ill whilst he was away, he wanted to stay and hopefully be ready for the second game. Um, but the England medical staff, and, and that which you can understand, he's got flu, they don't want it to, to spread to his teammates. They decide then it's best for him to, to, to leave the camp, so he leaves. 
he gets some tablets and that with with our guys here at the uh, at the club. He feels better. He watches the game at home uh, on his own on the Friday. Um, he then goes out at half time. Probably he'll make better decisions in his life, but he went to uh, a casino on his own to sit and watch the second half by a poker table. Um, now, the suggestions are that you know he left England uh, purposely being ill and then goes to a casino. It's totally not the case at all. Um, but like I say, he, he's, his eyes have been open to the wider world now in terms of uh, what he did. He, he knows that he's, in hindsight he's made a mistake. But I want to reiterate, because this is a player that I've seen in the last few months, various stories around his arrogance, around his mentality, um, and, and they're totally false. I'm not sure where the stories are coming from, but it, it's, it's not what this boy's about. You know, he's a very talented player. He has a belief in his ability. He's a wonderful personality on the field. And he's actually a really, really good boy off it. You know, he wants to learn. He wants to be better. He's desperate to play for England. Of course he is. That's his ambition. That's his life. I think he's got the Brendan Rodgers sign of approval, isn't he? He certainly has there. I mean, he's a, a tremendously talented player who's been linked with moves to Manchester United and Liverpool uh, in the recent weeks there, you know, kind of big money moves. He, he's got the ability, he's got the skill there. Obviously, question marks, you know, during the week about this, the reasons for his withdrawal from the England side. But like I say, the big news from today is that he is in the Foxes' starting lineup. Uh, so Brendan Rodgers, uh, centre midfielder, knows he made a mistake anyway, uh, so he's back into the lineup. Let's have a look at that lineup anyway. So Cassius Michael starting goal, Pereira and Chirwell, the two full backs, as you would expect, with Johnny Evans and Siunku in a centre central defence. And Diddy sits just in front of them with Perez on the right, Barnes on the left, and Tielemans and Madison in behind. Jamie Vardy. They are taking on Burnley and there are two changes uh, for Sean Dyche's side. It was uh, that 1-0 one, one against Everton last time out. Munson and Barnes are both unavailable through injury, so Robbie Brady and Dre Rodriguez start. So you got Pope in goal, Loughton, Tarkowski, me and Peters is the back line. Brady, Hendrick and Westwood and McNeil is the midfield four with Wood and Rodriguez up top. We'll have more team news for you in just a little while. Plus, there's been a goal over in Italy. We'll tell you to who after this. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. So as we're just going to the break there, I told you there has been a goal uh, down in Italy for us. There's an early kickoff over in Italy in the Serie A this evening, the first of three games. Uh, Lazio taking on Atalanta. Let's get the latest, Danny Norton. Well, I can actually tell you there's been two goals there. It is Lazio nil, Atalanta 2. High-flying third place, Atalanta leading after half an hour here. And it's been the same man, Luis Fernando Muriel Fruto, to give him his full name. has gotten both goals, uh, two goals in five minutes. The first goal was a wonderful team effort. Uh, Mario Palisic, the uh, left-back for Atalantic, managed to keep the ball in in tremendous fashion. He jumped up into the air and basically used the bottom of, of his boot, the studs, to kind of backheel it. Uh, to keep it in play. Playing the ball in field, the ball eventually worked its way to Fruto in the Lazio penalty area and it was, he turned and shot low into the near side corner, right-footed effort and then doubled his lead five minutes, doubled his uh, tally for the day I should say and his team's lead five minutes later. So just over half an hour gone in this early kickoff in the Italian Serie A. It is Lazio nil, Atalanta 2. Where were we with the Premier League preview? Uh, we were up to uh, Tottenham against what Watford, uh, Tottenham have had a uh, pretty horrific start to the season. Can they get things back on track against Watford? Uh, something of a derby, I suppose, between these two teams. It certainly is, and it's a game to look forward to uh, this one uh, here today. Uh, you know, Tottenham, they've conceded the combined 10 goals in the last two games against Bayern and Brighton, and uh, they're unlikely, unlikely to approach this game with a whole lot of confidence, but the international break will at least have provided the majority of their players with a chance to basically get away from it all, so maybe a bit of a fresh <laughs> start for them coming back here. And the big news is that uh, the manager, Mauricio Pochettino, has made some big changes, wow. seven changes from the side who lost 3-0 to Brighton before the international uh, break. So Gazzini, Danny Rose, Davison Sanchez, Sorge Oria, Harry Wings, Deli Ali and Lucas Moura all come in. Christian Eriksen misses out entirely with a dead leg, dead leg that he suffered on international duty with Denmark. So to give you the full 11 for Tottenham Hotspur, you've got Gazzini in goal, Sanchez, Alderweireld and Vertonghen as the back three with Oria and Rose as the wing backs, Soko and Wings 
central midfielders with Ali Amora either side of Harry Kane. So Mauricio Pochettino has been under a lot of pressure. There's been a lot of question marks over his future at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium over recent weeks. But he's been getting plenty of support from the managerial community, in particular his uh, opposition boss today, uh, the Watford boss Kike Sanchez Flores, who hailed Pochettino as the best Premier League coach in the last four years. I love it. He's the best coach in the Premier League in the last four years. This is my opinion. Because when you are here, uh, when I was in Watford, I thought that he is the best coach on the way he moved the team, in the play, in the, on the way the team played. Of course, now it's difficult for moment for for him and for the uh, for the team. But for me, he's the best play, the best uh, coach in the last four years in in the Premier League. So, speaking of uh, Sanchez Flores as well, obviously got the team news for Watford, the visitors to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, bottom of the table at this moment. And Flores has decided to make two changes. Craig Dawson replaces the injured Sebastian Prodel at the back, and Nathaniel uh, Chaloba takes the place of Andre Gray in, a, in an attempt to solidify the midfield. So, it looks like it's going to be a 5 3 2 for Watford with Foster in goal, Yanmat at right back, Holobas at left back, Cathcart, Dawson, and Cabaselli as the three centre-backs. you got Thomas Cavery, uh, Choloba and Decore as the central midfield pairing and you got Pariah and Danny Welbeck up top for Watford as they look to climb off the bottom of the table. One more for you as well. It's Wolves against Southampton. Obviously the Southampton faithful will be downstairs down here at Barasti as they are each and every uh, match game for Southampton. The fans club come down here uh, to be part of proceedings. It'll be shown on one of the 20 plus screens down here at Barasti. If you're looking for somewhere to watch your football, your rugby and more this evening, get yourself down here to Barasti. It's Wolves against Southampton. Team news, Danny Norton. Yeah, so Nuno Espirito Santo has made two changes to the Wolverhampton side who beat Man City a fortnight I go. Ruben Venegra drops to the bench with Romain Say still out with a hamstring injury that he sustained against the champions. So Johnny and Ryan Bennett start in their places. The Wolves 11, Ru Rui Patricio in goal. You've got that back three of Bowley, Cody and Bennett. Uh, and then you've got Johnny on left wing, Neves, Jamutinho and Dodonka in the centre of midfield. Cutrone and Jimenez starting up top and the hero from last time out in that win over Man City, Adama Traore starting on the right wing once again. He scored twice against the champions uh, Manchester City but his boss Nuno Espirito Santo thinks he can get even better he's doing well he's doing well since since last season trying to always um, progress uh, be better but he's a hard worker boy so that's that's what he has to do stick stick with his responsibilities always on a daily basis improve himself and um, and hopefully will become better he can be better than he is now so we never know. There is no. We cannot define and say which is which level. He's a good player. He's a very good player. That's why we we brought him. We brought him from Middlesbrough, knowing that he has things that we didn't have and can have and complete what we expect to be a a more balanced and better squad. And looking at Southampton now, the jury for the Saints remains out on their manager, Raf Hassan-Hottel, who takes his side to the Black Country to face Wolves, having lost their last three Premier League outings against opposition that you would expect them to do better against, uh, to put it politely there. But Hassan-Hottel claims that not having uh, too many of his players away on international duty will be of benefit to his team. Speaking of his team, he makes just one change to the lineup that lost to Chelsea last time out with the Yannick Vestergaard coming in for Shane Long, who sits among uh, the substitutes. So for their 11, good in goal, Yoshida, Vestergaard and Bednarek in the centre-back three. You've got Valerie and Bertrand either side playing the wing-back roles. Romelu, um, Hoiberg and Ward-Prowse in the central midfield with Redmond and Ings up top. Uh, the late game for you today is Crystal Palace against Manchester City. Now, Carlos van Rosenfeld, this is th something I didn't say. think I'd be saying at the beginning of this season. If Palace win today against Man City potentially they could go above them in the league I didn't think you were saying that either Tom and uh, Crystal Palace has been the surprise package of uh, of the season so far and I guess uh, they're all surprised when they beat United the start of the season at Old Trafford and uh, to be honest with you City yeah, City have slipped up of course they slipped up against Wolves and Norwich who, who would have ever thought that but I just feel that they'll have enough in the tank today to see off for Crystal Palace I know the game is at Crystal Palace it's going to be quite a tough one out there for Pepper and the men but I just think Pepe has now learned his lessons. He's made a mistake twice and he can't afford to make any more mistakes. Otherwise, he'll see the Premier League slip away from him. So I think 
It should be sitting today, Tom. It won't be easy, but I do feel City will pull this through. What's going to be interesting about this, and I suppose it's going to be the influence of a certain Kevin De Bruyne. Everyone says, don't they, that Man City are a different team when Kevin De Bruyne is on the pitch. Looks like he will be back uh, today uh, if he's uh, shaked off his uh, last injury. Looks like that's the message coming through at the moment. Obviously, we won't get official team news through until 7.30 this evening. But with him back in the team, they're a different team. I mean, well, he's the best player in the Premier League, to put it bluntly. And that comes from, you know, a, a die-hard Liverpool fan there because he's just... He's just sumptuous to watch. He's a real joy to watch. He, he, he ties everything together and he just makes Man City an even better team than they already are without him. He's one of the absolute key players along with Fernandinho. Uh, no doubt about that at all. But the key question about Manchester City at the moment is, of course, with their back line. You know, obviously they've seen Vincent Kompany uh, depart over the summer, returning to his native uh, Belgium. They've obviously seen that injury to Amaric Laporte, that long-term injury. He's you know, he's obviously a key figure in their title-winning campaign last time out and there's been question marks over Nicholas Otamendi over the likes of John Stones and Fernandinho has been played there it's not his best position they're so much stronger when he's playing that, that holding defensive midfielder role uh, so that was what that Crystal Palace that's what Chris Palace will be looking at today to try and get out I think they'll be looking to play on the break of course with the, the pace of uh, Wilfred Saha to see if they can take something off the champions but I would agree with uh, with Carl's assessment of it I fully expect uh, Man City to get back to winning ways today and take the three points at Selhurst Park that's 8.30 now this is very fortuitous. I need to buy myself uh, five minutes uh, to, well, just need to buy myself five minutes. So what do I do? Well, I get round a table, a Manchester United fan and a <laughs> Liverpool fan, and I ask them to discuss the merits of both of their respective teams in tomorrow's fascinating clash at uh, Old Trafford, 7.30 tomorrow evening, Man U against Liverpool. Go. Well, I mean, it's, it's amazing to come into this game as we do here. As a Liverpool fan who grew up, you know, as a teenager throughout your dominating years of Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, where it was always Liverpool struggling to make the top four, struggling to catch up with our fierce rivals. And now to see the way the tables are turned, is it's quite amazing to see just how far I think Man United go into the weekend down in 11th position. Is th as, as low as 13th in the Premier League now after, after, after Everton's yeah. win. So obviously Everton kind of bunking, bunking them down even further. And it, it's just amazing to see the turnaround here. But then I was saying earlier in the week to, to some mates kind of talking about the game, looking ahead to it, football works in funny ways. You've got Liverpool, European champions, eight points clear at the top of the Premier League, have won every single game so far this season against Manchester United, who seem to be plummeting, who can't kind of buy a win from anywhere. I've got injuries after injuries after injuries. So this is all set up for a fluky 1-0 win to Manchester United, surely? Not a chance, Danny. <laughs> I, I think that United, and we spoke about this briefly on, on, on Sports Tonight, on Thursday night, there's serious problems at the club. And I don't just think it's... it's Ole, Ole is one of the problems, but I think that they need to look at Woodward. There, there's, there's a couple of administrational issues happening at the club, managerial issues happening at the, at the club. And I just I think at, at this moment in time, down in 13th place, if we look at the money that they've spent, they spent once again a lot of money this off-season and, uh, and things are just not working and changes need to happen and changes need to happen quickly. And I just think they're going to Liverpool tomorrow. I, I think it will be a quite, a, quite a comfortable victory for Liverpool. Paul Pogba's injured, uh, though he hasn't been playing uh, great this, this season. But I think uh, David De Gea's out for tomorrow too. And De Gea being out is a big, big blow for, 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 uh, for United. I mean, he's at least worth two, three goals in the game. That's how good he is. And I just feel that there's, this, the, the sad thing about the, the Premier League at the moment is I find it, it's becoming like La Liga and, 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 and the Bundesliga and so forth and, and where, where you've got two top teams and the rest are just chasing at, at this moment in time. And, and to me, City and, and Liverpool are so far above the rest of the chasing pack at this moment in time that ultimately the title will go between those two. At the moment, it looks like Liverpool, but we know Liverpool always seem to catch a bit of a bump over the Christmas New Year period. Let's hope that doesn't happen to them this year again. But they just seem in fine form at the moment. The depth of the squad, the players that you're bringing in, the way Jurgen Klopp is, is, is utilising that, that, that squad of ease. The minute a player is a bit of form, he brings in somebody else and they're, they're just scoring machines at this moment in time. So tomorrow, yeah, you, you might say football works in a funny way. I don't believe it will. I, th I think it will actually be it, it will be a big score tomorrow, I believe. I just think that Liverpool at this moment in time is so far ahead of United. And the sad thing about United is I don't see anything within that team. You know, yes, uh, there's a couple of new players that they've signed. But to me, there's, there's nothing really that I believe that they've got the potential to become a great team in there. I just see lackluster performances. I see players with low work rates. I see players that are playing in the right position. 
and and I, I think it's going to be a long hard ride for United. And as I say, if they don't win tomorrow, which I don't, which which they won't, I don't think they will. They're sitting with nine points, which I think takes them down to about 14th in the log. So they're in serious, serious trouble. And I know it's still early days in the season, but Manchester United and the amount of money that this club's spending, they should never, ever be in, in, in the position that they are. So if they do lose then tomorrow as a United fan, would you like to see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gone? He's got to go. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I said from the start, I didn't want to see him there. He doesn't have the credentials to coach Man United. But what I'm saying is, yes, get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but you need to get rid of a couple of other, other, other organisational structures within the club. But I don't believe that he's a, he's a coach that can take United forward. I think they need to, they need to bring some there that's got a clear plan of where he wants to go because to me at the moment Ole's just taking it game by game filling in here filling in there but there's no clear to me there's nothing brewing in that team that can make them great at this moment in time and an interesting one as well actually kind of looking at Twitter of the weekend obviously Chris McCarty obviously we talked about them earlier on the, the new father but still on Twitter talking all things football long into the night and he was having a bit of a discussion with a few of his, his followers about what would you do with a combined Liverpool Manchester United 11 I think it come from like a maybe newspaper piece over in the UK where essentially there was one of the pundits over there uh, chose a combined 11 and it was completely made up of Liverpool players and he was out making the case that maybe there's a couple of United players who would get into the team. In all honesty, I know I might sound biased here, there's not one single United player, even David De Gea, who I think will get into the Liverpool side at this moment in time. But do you think there's any players who might be able to sneak into, into Jurgen Klopp's starting 11? The, the, the only player I would put in there is there, but the rest, the rest of them, no. Not, not, not at all. Not, not the way they're playing, uh, not their work rates. I just think Liverpool's a well oiled machine at the moment and I see a big result tomorrow I see a, I see a 4 all result at least let's hope you're right let's hope you're right we watch on with interest uh, for 7.30 tomorrow evening is that yes. right? correct yeah. sir 7.30 tomorrow evening it'll be on down here at Barasti if you want somewhere to watch it it's half term so people have got a bit of time on their hands haven't they uh, and plenty to look uh, forward to uh, throughout the remainder of this season uh, there's been goals in the Bundesliga there's been another goal in Italian Serie A we'll have details next you're listening to The Grill. More of the biggest sports stories now. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Talking of sports, it's the return of the Gallagher Premiership this evening. In fact, it was last evening with Bristol beating Bath. A lot of games to look forward to today. In fact, a lot to look forward to in the Gallagher Premiership throughout the rest of the season. Here are a few to watch. Hi guys, Topsy Ojo here. And here is my 15 of Premiership players that I'm looking forward to seeing this season international quality at the props and real young English talent coming through at Booker. In the second row we've got a pairing of Lou Diaga and Johnny Hill. Johnny Hill adds a lot of dynamism in the second row and will be looking for a big season to push forward his claim for more international recognition. In the back row we have a trio of Jordan Taufur, Sean O'Brien and Sam Simmons. It's great to see Sam Simmons back on the pitch after his long injury layoff and I'm sure he'll be looking forward to making up for lost time as he rebuilds fitness and form for the Exeter Chiefs. As a halfback pairing at nine, we have Harry Randall and ten, the mercurial Danny Cipriani. Cipriani off the back of probably his best season ever in the Premiership, player of the season, player's player of the season as voted for by his peers and will undoubtedly be looking to lead Gloucester on another charge towards Premiership glory. In the centres, pairing of Rory Hutchison and Malachi Fekitoa, the all-black international, making the switch to the Gallagher Premiership for this season. Rory Hutchison was very unlucky not to be selected for the Scotland squad for the World Cup, but Scotland's loss is Northampton's gain, and I think we're going to look to see him kick on this season and go even better than he did last year. In the back three, we've gone for pure out-and-out pace. Ollie Thorley, Ben Loder and Simon Hammersley. Oli Thordy had a massive breakout season last year for Gloucester and I think he's got Cipriani to thank for a lot of his scores. Simon Hammersley making the move down from Newcastle who's looking to continue his good form with the Sale Sharks. And in Ben Loder you have one of the most exciting young talents coming through in the English game this year. So look forward to seeing all of those three in action in the Gallagher Premier uh, talking about the Gallagher Premiership, it gets underway, uh, or today's games get underway in around about nine minutes' time. Uh, what are they? Yeah, Tom, what I can tell you is Worcester Warriors take on Leicester Tigers, the Sale Sharks take on Gloucester, Exeter Chiefs take on Harlequins, and then Saracens take on North 
Hampton Saints. So it promises to be a fantastic season, some fantastic fixtures. Those of you who missed last night, the Bristol Bears beat Bath 43 points to 16. Uh, later on in the world of cricket, Ireland take on the UAE down in Abu Dhabi. 7.30 start there. Uh, results from all the other games. Papua New Guinea have beaten Bermuda. Netherlands have beaten Namibia. Scotland have got their first victory of the campaign. They've beaten Kenya. And Jersey have recorded a historic victory against Nigeria, winning that one by 69 runs. I said there being goals. There are, there are goals going in across Europe. Danny's trying to stay on top of them for us. Yeah, we'll start over in Italy. The early kickoff in the Italian Serie A Lazio hosting Atalanta free scoring Atalanta and it is 3-0 to the visitors at half time Luis Fernando Muriel Fruto scoring twice in five minutes uh, first one is an absolutely sumptuous team goal uh, as well that he slotted home as well and then he uh, got his second five minutes later and Alejandro Dario Gomez uh, adding a third just before uh, half time for Atalanta who can move up, move up to second place in Serie A if they hold on to this win which you would fully expect them to do so against a very inconsistent Lazio side and that's their 21st goal in eight games so far this season. Just to give that a bit of context, league leaders and reigning champions Juventus have scored 13 goals so far so Atalanta the team to watch if you like your goals over in Serie A. Action underway as well over in the Bundesliga we're 20 minutes into proceedings over there. We'll start with Bayern Munich who went 1-0 down in their trip to Augsburg in just one minute. Marco Ritka putting the host ahead there but Robert Lewandowski 13 minutes later levelled matters for the German champions elsewhere there's been goals at Union Berlin who are 1-0 up uh, against Freiburg Marius Butler uh, scoring the goal uh, for them so another early goal there over in Berlin and Werder Bremen are leading Hertha Berlin by one goal to nil Josh Sargent scoring after seven minutes there Celtic also in action this evening at six o'clock they're at home to Ross County in fact all sorts of games to look forward to up in Scotland Hamilton against Hibs, Kilmarnock against Livingston, Motherwell against Aberdeen and St Mirren against St Johnson. That's about it from us at the Grill this Saturday. Make sure you do join us next Saturday. Uh Round about the same time, do keep your eyes uh, on your social media feeds throughout the course of uh, the week. We're back outside down here uh, at uh, Barasti. We're up here on the rooftop, so do come down and say hi when you are here. And if you're looking for somewhere to watch your football this evening, then get yourself down here, be it football from the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Germany or elsewhere. It's all being shown down here at Barasti in any of their 20-plus screens. What are you going to be watching, Danny Norton? I'm going to be watching, I think, Chelsea-Newcastle to start off with. I think the 6 o'clock game, that'll be a, an interesting one. Obviously, Newcastle are going to sit deep and look to uh, uh, get Chelsea on the counter-attack but then I can't wait to watch uh, Crystal Palace against Man City later like I say do expect Pat Guardiola's men to get back to winning ways uh, to take those three points home from Selhurst Park but you just can't discount Crystal Palace they've obviously been made a high-flying start to the campaign like you alluded to earlier on victory would take them above the reigning uh, Premier League champions so everything to play for there I think there'll be goals galore in that one so that'll take my uh, viewing pleasure today really appreciate you being uh, on board today thanks very much indeed for uh, all your expertise Danny Norton if people want to follow you online best way for them to do that uh, Danny J Norton or just follow DubaiI1038.com as well be back on with afternoons with Helen Farmer tomorrow and also obviously follow the Aero News Centre for all the latest sport news of course at auctions Carl if you want to touch base with CVR thank you very much indeed Thank you, Tom. Have a great week. What are you watching tonight? Uh, no. Gotta to have to go to Crystal Palace City. I think it's is it, is it me, or am, 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 am I detecting a few nerves? I'd hate to call CVR a nervous man because I don't ever see nerves. But he's been very reserved throughout the show today. I am. He's been very careful with his predictions. Are we a little bit nervous about tomorrow? <laughs> we are. Are we? we which, are. which game tomorrow is the question as no, well? No, definitely uh, <laughs> South Africa, Japan. Yeah, Tom, a little bit nervous to be honest. You're not as confident as what I'd normally be, but uh, we should see it off. But funnier things have happened. Funnier things have happened. Right in four years ago. One thing we can confirm about this Rugby World Cup, we know that uh, two semi-finalists have made it through. 12 o'clock uh, next week, midday next week, next Saturday, down here at Barasti, we'll be watching... England taking on New Zealand. Uh, the other quarterfinals are underway tomorrow, 11.15 and 2.15 respectively, to decide who the other semi-final will be. Uh, one thing we can confirm, though, about the Rugby World Cup uh, is that we've seen uh, some of the best players in the world, the best players in the world, playing their last for respective countries, being a number of international retirements off the back of this Yeah, tournament. absolutely. And, of course, the big one today was Rory Best, the, the, the Irish captain, and what a fantastic send-off he got in, uh, in Tokyo this afternoon. So, yeah, a lot of players... Which 
will be calling it a day. They lost hurrah, as they would say. So as we say farewell uh, from the grill, live from Barasti, uh, I think it's only fair that we put together our farewell 15. Farewell. With the pool stage of the 2019 Rugby World Cup over, 12 of the 20 teams are now on their way home. But despite being eliminated, we saw some incredible performances from players in those teams. So we asked our commentators to pick their best 15 from the players who are saying farewell. Popping it off the ground for Mulipolo, who's barging Artemiev out of the way. Montoya is poised. Montoya is scoring. Taken up by Nell, and Nell's over. Petty from Lost Boomers, no question. If you had 15 Petties on the park for pool stages, your quarterfinals, no problems. I love the way he covers the field. I love how athletic he is and his skills, perfect. Kane, Leo, Pepe, Leo, Pepe in open space. Gadjev, he's had a fabulous tournament. I think it's good that somebody who is not a physical specimen can have such an impact on, on the game. That, you know, Jake Pelledry is not a massive wing forward, and yet he he just has that ability to bounce players off him. Pelledri, molto bene, molto bene. Love the way that he's so industrious. Another guy to go into your 15. Santiago Arada from Los Perros, one of my favourite players. He's this big, but his heart, massive. He scored one of the most important tries for Uruguay in that win against Fiji. Amazing player. He was part of that whole style that they played, and they played with a lot of ball in that pack, and he was the one directing them at every point. And so, for me, he was one of the fantastic individuals. And here comes Russell, bustling his way through! And Scotland have the first try of the game! Semi Randrandra, oh my gosh. They had a very tough pull with Australia and Wales, but uh, Semi Randrandra just absolutely set the world alight. If you look at him statistically, he's broken more tackles, he's you know, made more metres, he's clean breaks, he's right up there as well. And no one could contain him. Geronimo de la Fuente, classy stuff. Looking for a strong finish. That's a massive fend. What a finish it is! Alapati Leua, Chui Sorba. They call him the boss. We might need an upgrade to the tank. Bainu put some sugar on the result. It's been an amazing tournament, and you know we've, we've got the business end to, to come. Unfortunately, we've had to farewell 12 of the teams, but uh, yeah, it's been just an incredible experience for everyone. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.